How many of you use Facebook here? Okay, the majority of us use Facebook. Facebook's this wonderful thing because we get to tell the world exactly what is going on in our lives. We get to tell the world all the news that we want to tell them. So last week there was this ice storm that happened and many of you heard about it on the, on the actual TV news. And there was this 55 car pile, uh, car pile up. And uh, I, I, the person who leads our youth ministries, uh, Brandon, said to me uh, on Sunday, did you see that tanker that came off the road and there was this big explosion? I was like, no. He says, well, let me show you this video. So we said, it's on one of my friend's Facebook pages. So he goes to their Facebook page and he says, hold on a minute, I'll try to find it. And he starts scrolling through this person's Facebook page. Obviously, this is one of those people who like to uh, post a little too much on Facebook. And so we're scrolling through, and it's only a day before that they posted this, but there were so many different posts after. And as we started going through it, eventually we found this video, and we saw it, and it was a horrific video. But it reminds me, like, so, many, so often when people are posting on Facebook, that they're, they're announcing to the world the news that they have, and it's just like you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through it. And uh, we've seen this year that people have talked about a lot of fake news on Facebook, especially through the election, there was a lot of fake news. But before there was ever Facebook, before there was ever any modern communication method, before there was ever Instagram or Twitter, before there was a TV or there was radio or before there was the internet or before there was the federal post office, before there was even the Pony Express, there was one way of telling people of news and that was to actually proclaim it with your voice. And so what people would do, they would go to the hills and they would shout the news from the hills. There would be uh, people called town criers who would go into the middle of a town square and they would shout and they would proclaim the news of what is going on. And on one starry night in a little town called Bethlehem, with the hills as the backdrop to the, to, to the town, there was a whispering of some news that had occurred. There was a new story developing. It wasn't any just any, any, any new story. It wasn't just something you would see normally on the nightly news, but it was the new story of the century. It was actually probably the new story of all time. And the new, new story was this. It was a story of a voice. A voice had been heard. Not just any voice, but it was the, the voice of God which had been heard. No one had ever heard God's voice who had lived at that time. In fact, all humanity had not heard God's voice for more than 400 years. People had lived in the silence of never hearing God speak. And now there was a whispering that God was speaking. The last time anybody had heard the voice of God was a man by the name of Malachi. And Malachi, he wrote these words, and these were the last words anybody had heard of God. It's found in Malachi chapter 4, starting at verse 2. It says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. You will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out of pasture. On that day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 
Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, says God. All the decrees and regulations that I give him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you a prophet, Elijah, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. That was the last words that anybody had ever heard God speak. And humanity, they clung to these words because there was a promise that God was going to send a prophet. More than a prophet, God was going to send the son of righteousness, which means the son of God. And this son of righteousness, he would come and bring healing. He would come and bring joy. He would come and bring freedom and hope. And now there was this whispering on this night in this little town of Bethlehem. There was a whispering, is the wait over? Is God finally speaking? See, the news were of some shepherds. And the shepherds had, had declared this news that God was speaking. And this story, it's found in the book of Luke chapter 2. And it starts off in the book of Luke by saying that the, the, the Roman emperor, emperor at the time had decreed a census be taken. That everybody would go to their hometown to register. And there was this lady called Mary who was betrothed to be married to a man called Joseph. And she was pregnant. And the time came for her to give birth. And they were in this little town of Bethlehem when she gave birth. And then the Bible says that while that happened, there were shepherds on the hills in Bethlehem. And this is what the Bible says. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find him wrapped wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. To those with whom God is pleased. The news of the Savior had come. This news didn't appear on Facebook. This news wasn't broadcast on TMZ. It wasn't posted on the Huffington Post. It wasn't plastered all over Twitter. This news came from the most unlikely source. It came from an angel in heaven. The timing was incredible for the week was homecoming week in the town of Bethlehem. The streets were full. The market was bustling. The homes were overcrowded. There were people everywhere. And as the news started to spread, everybody started to hear that maybe God is speaking again. See, the news was not just of a savior, but the news was of the long-awaited Messiah, the one who would bring peace on earth. The shepherds, it's the Bible tells us, 
that they heard this. And it says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. These shepherds had heard the voice of God, that God was coming once again. And as God came, they went to visit this baby who would be Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And after they saw him, they went everywhere telling everybody they could imagine about this newborn baby. See, looking after sheep became secondary to them at this point. For their life had new purpose. It had new meaning. Their new mission in life was to go to tell the world that the Messiah had come, that peace on earth was here, and that God was speaking. When was the last time that you had some important news that you wanted to tell the whole world? I remember the day that we found out that we were pregnant with our son, Evan. It was the most amazing experience. I wanted to tell everybody in the whole world that we were pregnant, that we were going to have a baby. You see, we weren't able to have children. And this little miracle, we had prayed for a baby and a miracle came and God answered our prayers. But yet we couldn't tell everybody because it wasn't safe to do so yet. We had only known for a couple of weeks ourselves before we could tell everybody. But I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. And then I remember the day he was born. It was Easter Saturday, 2015. And he was born at four in the morning. Little would have I known he would have still kept us up even two years later at four in the morning. But it was four in the morning. And I always wanted to tell everybody that Evan had been born, that our son had been born. But then I realized it's four in the morning. How excited I am. Nobody's going to want to know at four in the morning that a little boy had been born. See, when we have good news, there is something genetically ingrained within us that we have to tell people about it. You'll find kids on Christmas Day this year, they will tell everybody what they got. I remember when I was a kid growing up, we hated to be on the phone with our aunties and uncles and grandparents. We had better things to do, but Christmas Day was different. On Christmas Day, they would call and we would be like, yeah, I'll be on the phone with them. I'll, tell, I'll speak to them and they'll ask us this one question, what did you get for Christmas? And we would have no problem in telling them all the toys and all the things that we got. Because when we have good news, there's something within us that makes us want to tell people. I've seen it this year more than anything, especially with some of the ladies in our church. I've seen posts on Facebook that they've got a new pair of leggings from LuLaRoe or whatever it's called. And they broadcast it to the whole world. I'm like, who cares about a pair of ladies' leggings? But obviously some people do. Because when we've got news, we want to tell everybody about it. And the good news the shepherds had was especially good because God had been silent. And when God is silent, 
life becomes hard. When God is silent, we start to hurt. When God is silent, we are afraid. And when God is silent, we become anxious. And this is what happened for humanity. And, and, and what had happened, because God had been silent, they had drawn to their religious traditions and their religious rituals to try to appease God. They had, the, the, the people had sinned before God and they had tried all these different rituals to appease God. Because what had happened is because sin in their lives had started to wound them and cause them to bleed in their lives. And so what they did, they did these religious customs to try to appease God. But what would happen is they would do that, then they would carry on with their life, and they would sin again. And it would be like their lives were cracked. And they would take a band-aid, and each of you, you've got a band-aid on your chair. And they would take a band-aid, and it would be a band-aid of religious rituals and religious customs and sacrifices that they would make to try to appease God to cover the bleeding. But the band-aid would only last for a few minutes before the bleeding would continue. This, the last couple of years, I don't know if I'm getting old or if my skin is just degrading or whatever, but when it gets really cold outside, I've discovered that my skin starts to crack, my hands start to crack, and sometimes they've even bled, and I'm going to lose my man card right now, but the only way I could stop this, apart from wearing gloves, was to put moisturizer on my hands. Now, I don't get what some of you ladies like about moisturizer. I hate it. It makes your hands all slimy and nasty, but I've discovered that the only way to stop the crack in my hands is to put moisturizer, and I keep putting moisturizer on, and it hydrates my skin for a little bit and then I go out in the cold again and my skin starts to crack and it's almost like putting a band-aid on just to stop the cracking for a while but my hands remind me of the world that we live in we live in a broken and cracked world we live in a world where there's a lot of pain there's a lot of heartache there's a lot of fear there's a lot of anxiety and the problem is, for most of us, is that we are longing for peace. We are longing for peace with God. We're longing for peace with each other. And we're longing to feel the peace that everything is going to be okay. And so we have all these different remedies in life that only last for a few minutes. And the Jews had these remedies. And these remedies would be these animal sacrifices that they would make, but they would not last. See, we do live in a broken world. I have two friends that I'm praying for right now. One of them, his name is Stan. And Stan, he is a, a, a life insurance guy. And he had a great year in his insurance business last year. He, he had a record year, and this year has been totally different. He's had lots of different issues in his life. And he found out in the middle of the year that his father had cancer and suddenly died. And it shook his world to a point that he didn't want to live anymore. And so Stan started talking about taking his own life. And two weeks ago, he was admitted into Shepherd Pratt because he can't cope with what's going on in his life. See, we live in a broken world. Another friend of mine, Jackie, Jackie 
is a great lady, and I heard her the other day, and she was talking to another friend of mine who had been divorced many years ago, and he, when he had young kids, and she asked him, how does divorce affect a four-year-old? And he started telling her about how it affects it, and she goes, this is why, because I'm thinking about divorcing my husband. See, we live in a broken and cracked world where we're longing for peace in this life. But what if I told you, what if this Christmas was the Christmas where you could experience true peace? What if this Christmas you could not just put a band-aid on your anxieties and fears, but what if this Christmas you could experience peace that would last the rest of your lives, the peace that the shepherds in the hills of Bethlehem heard the angels singing about? What if you could feel no more worry? What if there was no more war? What if there was no more fear? What if there was no more unanswered questions? What if your life this Christmas, God was not silent, but you could hear God speak? What if God gave you peace this Christmas? See, many of you this Christmas, you may feel that God is silent. You, you may have a lot of things going on in your life, but the ultimate thing is you're trying to connect with God, but there is silence. For the great news about silence is this. It's in the silence you can hear a heartbeat. And if you feel that God has been in silence in your life, maybe for the last year, maybe you've never heard God in your life at all, then this Christmas is the Christmas where if you just listen close enough, you'll be able to hear the thump of his heartbeat. See, God is trying to speak. And this is the heartbeat of God. It's found in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse, uh, sorry, chapter 9 and verse 6. The prophet Isaiah declared about the coming Messiah. He would say, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, the silence is over. Peace has come. See, you can experience this peace. You can have peace with God and you can receive peace for your souls. See, Jesus told us in John 14, 27, he says, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In a moment, we're going to finish out this service by singing Silent Night together. And we're going to stand, and on your chairs, you've got some glow sticks. And what we're going to do in a moment, when the music starts, I want you to crack the glow sticks and keep cracking them until they start to glow. And what I want you to do is, there's many of you, you are hurting in your life. You've got fears, you've got anxieties, you don't know about tomorrow and what tomorrow may hold and what tomorrow may bring. You've got some things in your life that are going on right now and it feels like your life is cracked and it's bleeding and it's wounded. And you've been putting a band-aid on and you've been trying all these different things to make yourself feel better. 
And if you feel that you need real peace this Christmas, then this is what I want you to do. As we stand and sing Silent Night, I'm going to ask you to hold this band-aid in your left hand. Hold the glow stick in your right hand. And as we sing, I want you to crumple up the band-aids and hold the glow stick high. Because the the glow stick, it speaks of lights. And Jesus has come not just to be a baby that we celebrate at Christmas. Not just to be a token tradition. But Jesus has come to be the light of the world. And he's, become, he's come to become your light, your peace, your joy, your love, and your hope. John 8, 12 tells us this. It says, Jesus spoke to the people and he said, follow me. For I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you have the light that leads to life. I'm going to ask everyone here to bow their heads in prayer. And we're going to say a quick prayer. Then we're going to stand together and we're going to sing Silent Night together. And as I pray today, I pray. My prayer is this, is that this Christmas will be a Christmas of peace for you. A a Christmas where there's no more fears, there's no more anxieties, that you won't be afraid. That God will not be silent in your life anymore. But God will speak and you will hear the heartbeat of a Savior this Christmas.